and I don't want to go out or get off on a rant on Dennis Miller, but that dude used to be funny. And then he got, and then he got all conservative and right wingy and he's not funny anymore. That's right. I said it, Dennis, you're not funny anymore. It's time for Arrested DevOps, the podcast where we help you achieve understanding, develop good practices, and operate your team and organization for maximum DevOps awesomeness. I'm Joe Lehe, and co-hosting with me today is... Matt Stratton. Trevor Hess. Bridget Cromhout. Jessica Kerr. Yes, we are a full house today to celebrate the end of 2019. It's our traditional year-end wrap-up show, but first, a word from our sponsors. The worst thing about the Arrested DevOps podcast is when it ends. You're left wondering what to do next. What are you going to listen to on your commute home? How do you occupy your time when walking the dog? What are you going to listen to during the quarterly all-hands meeting? But fear not, dear listener, there is a solution. You need to subscribe to Software Defined Talk right now. It's a weekly podcast that recaps all the news in cloud computing, DevOps, and enterprise software. The hosts, Kote, Matt Ray, and Brandon Wichard, will keep you up to date on all things cloud while offering tips on how to optimize your Costco haul and how to PowerPoint. It's a fun, free-flowing conversation that will keep you entertained and informed. What are you waiting for? Subscribe to the podcast today by visiting softwaredefinedtalk.com or by searching for Software Defined Talk in your favorite podcast app. So it's the end of the year and we all get together and talk about stuff and junk, which is what it says in the script. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about all the stuff that happened in 2019. Matt, take it away. Uh, yeah. So uh, before we get caught up on cookies and stuff, so this is how, this is the teaser, because if we started talking about cookie recipes right now, people would not listen to the whole show. So you're going to have to listen. Or they'd listen to more. Well, no, they're waiting to hear about the cookie, the cookie recipe. <laughs> you have to listen yeah. to all this other bullshit to get to the cookie recipes. Okay. It's computers, like a lockdown. Computers, DevOps, right. computers. <clears throat> right, source control, you know, podcast yeah, recording. Trevor was describing these cookies, and they were like four feet tall. So they must the be a cookie improvement. <laughs> so we're delivery. Right. So we're going to talk about our favorite episodes of the podcast for a few minutes. And then when we're done with that, Trevor is going to tell us some things about cookies. So hold tight. Uh, So I thought it would be fun to kind of start by talking about when we look back at the year of 2019, the year that was, the year that is almost over, what some of our favorite episodes were. And it's, it's interesting because... Like Joe said, we've got an all skate, and this uh, is probably the first episode of 2019, and potentially the first episode of ever when all five of us are on a show together. That's uh, totally ever. I don't think that's ever happened before. So mm-hmm. most of us are going to have different favorite episodes because we kind of none of us did episodes together this whole year. But my two favorite episodes for 2019 was one was our state of DevOps of 2019 with Dr. Nicole Forsgren and Jez Humble. And pretty much anytime we have Nicole on the show, I learn a whole bunch of stuff. So I really love doing that episode. Uh, it was, it was really fun to be the audience proxy and ask a lot of questions and pretend I was asking questions as the audience proxy. But in reality, I just wanted to ask the questions. So it was super fun. And I also did an episode with Jay Gordon about certifications. And the reason it's one of my favorites is not necessarily because of the whole episode, although it's a pretty good episode, but Jay and I were just sort of texting one morning and he's like, you want to do a podcast today? And I was like, I don't know. I'm I'm not doing anything. I was like, why don't we record an episode of Rest of DevOps and kind of threw it together. And then you guys was like, what are you going to talk about? Let's talk about certification. So yes, we're very organized podcasters. People love to hear about that. Um, Bridget, what were some of your favorites this year? I actually, I feel like I didn't do as many episodes as I always do, or I have done in the past, but I like pretty much every episode, but I would say there's too many to name, but I should probably point to, uh, Kubernetes because it's of course eating the world. And the last few episodes that I've done have been Kubernetes related. So, um, one with uh, Ian Coldwater, recorded before their KubeCon keynote, um, all about their KubeCon keynote, which was kind of a fun, like, let's pretend it's a month from now. And one with the authors of 
the um, recent uh, Kubernetes best practices book. And I recorded one today with Kelsey Hightower because he tweeted saying he wanted to podcast about Kubernetes. And that's the sort of thing that it brings all the nerds to the yard. So that's, that's what's on my mind. How about you, Trevor? Uh, my favorite episode had to do with the cookies. Hmm. No, um, sorry. Uh, now this is going to be a running joke because Matt doesn't want it to be. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, Bridget, you said you were not in a lot of episodes this year. I was even in even less episodes this year. Uh, so my favorite episodes are the two, three episodes I was in. Uh, so that was the, the build, uh, of which I think there are still a couple that haven't been released because I'm terrible, and the DevOps Day Chicago uh, podcast, which was a lot of fun to do. Jessica? My favorite episode, well, okay, the one that I remember at the moment that I'm excited about was the Meltwater episode where um, we interviewed people who have just, not just succeeded in the DevOps transformation, because there is no succeeded, right? There is only succeeding. There is only continuing to transform. But it was lovely to, to get to interact with a company that has really done this, has really moved from um, a lot of slow pain to, well, more interesting, new pain every day kind of um, continual progress. That was really fun. I like that new pain every day. <laughs> right, so- right. So I did a little quick count because Bridget said how much. So Bridget, I think you did one, two, three, four. I think you did six episodes this year. Jessica, I think did seven, seven or eight. I did nine. Trevor did two. So you did more than you thought, Bridget. I think. Like I guess we kind of were. We were pretty evenly distributed. You're forgetting. You're forgetting all those live DevOps days episodes that we. Yeah, I mean that Philly and Minneapolis and Cape Town. Ooh, Cape Town, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I wonder how many episodes Joe has done. Joe has done three episodes. I have just done the year-end episodes. I know. I, I mean, ever. Like, not not this year, but ever. Well, you did wow. DevOps Days Cuba 2016. Oh, that's right. You're considered a host of that episode, apparently. <laughs> okay. I don't know yeah, why. But you well, well, probably only because only because I read the translation of the that, uh, that uh, Microsato produced. Okay. I read the... I forget exactly who who it was it was speaking, but I read all the I read all the male translations and Bridget read all the female translations. So that's probably why. I got why you were the hosts? Okay, got <laughs> yeah. it. You're not even yeah. in the picture. So he's a huh. voiceover actor. Okay, or maybe so or, or did we I, do? A, I think we may have recorded like a like a little intro between the two of us because because we were the ones. And yet behind the scenes, Joe controls the content of all the episodes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And my favorite episode, since no one asked. Um, <laughs> well, you're you're the host of this episode, Ask Joe. Yourself. So Ask really, yourself. this is on. This is really on yeah. you. Mine, mine, from an editing standpoint, continue to be the live episodes because they are the easiest to. <laughs> to turn around uh so minneapolis and and cape town and and all the ones that you do like people do face to face there's a lot less work in getting those in getting those turned around one of these days when you when you really want to torture yourself i'm going to give you the uh all podcast tech podcasters all skate episode we did that's like two hours long with 20 guests it's a podcast about podcasting yes which is every podcast (laughs) no it's just our year-end wrap-up episode is the only podcast about podcasting it's the only time that bridget has to listen to this (laughs) no i will say the cape town one was fun for me just because we got to go to cape town and cape town is a lot of fun but anyway Um, So Stratton was going to tell us some stats or something. Yeah, sure. So because, again, this is the self-indulgent show when we get to talk about podcasting a little bit and Bridget goes blah, 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 blah. But uh, in the past, we've talked about like traffic to the website and blah, blah, blah. And I've decided nobody cares. But (laughs) what is maybe interesting is what episodes you, the listeners, listen to the most. So the most listened to episode in 2019, at least as of, I don't know, a week ago when I pulled the stats, was the database calls are coming from inside the DevOps. And the interesting thing about that is, 
Yes, it was Baron Schwartz, and it was Jessica's first episode as an official host of Arrested DevOps. So clearly, we made a good choice. Um, was that was that the infamous Banana Pants episode? <laughs> oh no, no, that was the one where I was a guest. That was where she was a guest. That was yeah. <laughs> that was the one where afterwards, and then Jessica was like. Do you need more people as hosts? I'm like, are you kidding? Of course, we would love to have you. And, then, and she's regretted it ever since. <laughs> so, Matt, I don't know if you realize what this this is the uh, which year end wrap up this is. It's the fifth one. Yeah, this is the end of five years of Arrested DevOps. That's true because Arrested and the DevOps started of, of the next one. Yes, because yes. Arrested DevOps started in December of 2013. With just me and Trevor. So for those who don't know, the show started. does not work. But that was five years ago. 2013. Okay, but there were five. But it was a whole year of 20. This is the whole year of 2014, whole year of 2015, 2016, 2017, Yeah, six years, Trevor. What's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I was just waiting to see if you were going to pick up on that. Well, I always get screwed up. You're just going to take me at face value. (laughs) It it always messes me up when I'm counting how many, like, DevOps days we've had in the city, and I do the math because it's always one more than the number of years or something. You know, I'm the liberal arts manager on the panel, but I can can subtract nine from six. Yeah. Or six from nine. We're using just straight man three nine from three so six years six years ago almost to the date was the first um arrest devops and i will find the exact date of that recording um later and and we can come back to that so later on you'll hear how many, years of, uh, how many years of arrested development are there less than that four so including no, the five. including the Including they, the Netflix, uh, they did two. Se- they did two seasons. They did two Netflix, seasons right? on Netflix. So right. there's five five seasons. Right. Two and so we never seen an episode, so I couldn't tell you. All right, moving along. Okay, the second most <laughs> listened to episode in 2019 was Pushing Left with Tanya Janka, and it was a hundred listens fewer than number one. So it was very close. Very close. Might have taken over by now because maybe maybe Tanya had some people coming in in the back end. I don't know. That was super cool. And the third, but honorable mention, because normally we wouldn't go to the bronze medal, but <laughs> was Shiny Objects with Jesse Frizzell and Andrew Clay Schaefer. That was less than 100 downloads, less than number two. So it was very close. But that's where the Weird Trick Mafia podcast was launched. So lots of podcasts get launched on our show. And by lots, I mean two. <laughs> <laughs> that's more than this podcast. So. And does Ducey still do that, that no. goat no, themed that, one? The goat, the goat farm or whatever he was doing with Ross lasted like a year. So that's the other thing we have staying power. Six years. Like there have been DevOps cafes. Technically, our, our children. Yeah. I, I do have to tell you though, sometimes I'm at, I, um, I'm at conferences and people say, oh, I used to listen to you on Arrested DevOps. And I'm like, I'm still on the show, sort of. <laughs> I guess it like, depends oh, really? on when they listen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so let's take a quick break from the recaps and Matt, bring- you're not the host. Joe's oh, yeah. the host. I'm hey. <laughs> hey. Whatever. I'm perfectly perfectly happy to get run over here. He's <laughs> nogging it up. I am I'm nogging it up. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Eggnog. <laughs> Jim Eggnog. Yeah. Uh, so according to the doc, now we talk about what happened in 2019 and we're going to start with the person to my right. Uh, okay. Uh, that seems like a very oddly scoped question that is super hard to answer. So I will go with, I switched from being a DevRel job to a product job. Uh, I helped with the Helm 3 launch, which was really exciting. I traveled less. Uh, and I started dragging Joe with me to a personal trainer because like, if he's going, then maybe I will show up. So that's my life hack to make myself work out is at least if I can hang out with this fine individual, (laughs) then maybe I'll actually show up and do it. So far that just makes me I was going to say, how's that, how's that working out? Oh, we went on Tuesday. Yeah. I hurt. I heard it's terrible. Yep. So you've why did anyone? Why did oh no? We, no, no, no. We we, we started like two yeah. three months. We we oh, okay. started after we got back from Amsterdam, and 
<clears throat> I had a long break for for Europe and Thanksgiving and stuff, and now we're back again. So it's terrible. You should my my life advice to people is they should try to is not go to just, the gym. Just stay on the couch. Lifting it's heavy easier. things and setting them back down, and then lifting them up again and rinsing and repeating. Mm. It's like going out in the cold in order to do this. I know it's terrible. It's terrible. So that's. I'll put it this way: my apartment complex has a gym, and it's literally fifty feet from my front door to like go to. And I have not been to it since I moved into. Well, okay, the cold, but I mean, it's like forty degrees. Do you have to go through the cold to get to it? Well, yeah, it's outside. I mean, the gym is outside. That's see, that's that's the that's the the problem. You have to actually pay somebody. To yeah. be yeah. there for you. That's the secret. Right. right. Yeah. So if we, if if we free, don't show up. You're not going to show up. If we don't show well, up, he still, par- he still makes money. Yeah. So we yeah. feel like we should show up so we don't waste the money. Anyway, that's what happened with us in 2019. Right. Or with me anyway. Maddie. So uh, I did a lot of talking at people and to people, not just at people, but sometimes at them and sometimes to them and sometimes with them and sometimes listening. Um, I spoke at, by the time the year's over, it'll be 24 conferences this year. Um, More than 24 talks, but that many conferences I spoke at. Um, I moved back to Chicago. So my experiment of living in the Bay uh, came to an end because of short people that, you know, are related to me that it's nice to be around them. So that happened. Um, so it's kind of bad. I went to a lot of DevOps days this year and I also got a lot more interested, uh, even more interested in the field around resilience engineering and really came to realize that I don't know shit. Like that's sort of the thing that I find as I get more into RE, it's like every day I realized even that there's even less that I know than I thought I knew. Um, and that's so. I think if you're interested in that industry and that scope, understand that. Like, first of all, it's relatively new. To, it's been, it's, a, it's a field that's been around for a long time. Software has just discovered it, and of course, like everything else that software discovers, we think we invented it <laughs> and we perfected it. And what we know is about you, there's no video, but it's like a tiny little dot. Well, but of, engineering is recent anyway. Well, it's recent, but we're not that far out of date. It's all relative, I guess. Right, like. Yeah, what do you count? Do you count human factors? Because in some ways, resilience engineering is a repudiation of human factors <laughs> engineering. So it's all an evolution. Right. Safety science. I guess if you look at when resilience engineering was created as a field and people started talking okay. about it, I mean, it's all relative. Like, I'm not saying it's been around for like 100 years. But no, more like 20. Right, well, exactly. Hold on. Did, did Google write a book about it? <laughs> that's that's where you clearly no. you know no they didn't where something they is didn't. invented but they didn't well then it isn't hasn't been invented yet <laughs> speaking of writing a book about i should or show you that i actually got the paper book of kubernetes best practices nice came in the mail i'm very excited also Lockie told me um yesterday that i didn't need to order it because since i was a reviewer for it see i'm like I have a pull quote on the back. Yeah. Um, nice. And he said, he was like, oh, we have one for you. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm giving this one away at my meetup. Well, and uh, on that topic, kind of of showing off Kubernetes stuff. So as you may know, I used to have the license plate, the Illinois license plate DevOps, and I can't get it anymore because I think, because I think they put a hold on it because when I moved to California, I got rid of it. And when I tried to get another one, when I moved back here, it says it's not available. And I think it's because my version expired recently. So rather than wait it out, I decided to need a new one. So in the next couple of weeks, my car will be sporting cube cuddle. <laughs> so, oh, cube cuddle. Yeah. Love it. Oh my God. Uh, so Trevor, what's up with you this year? I've been doing a lot of uh, travel as usual. A lot of customer interaction work, kind of figuring out where, uh, where things need to head and, focusing on delivering new solutions. Uh, as of this month, I'm now officially also in product. Yay! Um, Team product. Right? Yeah. Uh, I also got super into shuffleboard this year. Uh, I actually went and played in the international shuffleboard tournament in uh, Vienna. Uh, like the tournament. I am the, I am the 46th uh, best male player in the world. What? That's amazing. Congratulations. So cool. um, thank you. Uh, I also got super into D&D and have been running my own campaign, and it's been a blast. Okay, so it said in the document D and then the letter N and then D. 
And I always think of it, you know, D&D, AD&D as having the ampersand. And so I was thinking, I wonder why Trevor isn't a do not disturb so much. Is this something that he like has made a life choice right. of? That seems like something that you would be more fascinated with if you worked at pager duty or something. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Jess. Um, yes. That's interesting about D&D Trevor, because we have started doing that this year too. In fact, we have a family D&D campaign. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We started it, like, last December or so. My, my boys want to learn to play, and so we bought the, the, the set again. But the problem is it's, like, a little bit too much for them. And I, like, talked mm. to Adam Jacob, and he's like, oh, this is what I do because his daughter's the same age as my boys. But, like, he's a really good DM, so he can, like, do this. And, like, I mm. don't remember. So I'm trying to puzzle that out. So we may. How young is too young for Satanism? <laughs> that I'm not worried about. They, you know, I mean, they've had first communion; they're covered, right? You know, they can. Yeah. Wait, so Stratton, can you? I feel like there's a solution exists, right? Have Adam just give you some of the campaign materials that he's generated. Well, Dude, the, campaign the, materials is not DMing. I know, yeah, yeah. but it would at least help. No, the, it would get the, you started. The trick of it is that you, when you're teaching it, the what Adam told me, and I'm and. <clears throat> I'm going to number one, pretend that Adam's listening to this so he can correct me by quoting him (laughs) incorrectly was that a lot of it is abstracting the mechanics away from them. So they aren't so worried about the, all the mechanics. So you need, but to do that, you have to have a really good understanding of what the rules are so that you can just sort of let, so it becomes much more about the storytelling and less about all of the mechanic because it's a lot of rules. Yes, Trevor. You might want to look at, there's a, there's a different system called fate. Okay. Which actually focuses on that, and basically, you just get, you have the mechanics as the DM to determine what happens without having to make everybody really roll stuff. Um, so it's much more built around storytelling. Just like uh, so, so what what version is what version is D anD D on these days? Because I played edition. I played second edition. Yeah. So. I, I still remember. I still remember rolling Thacko and and all that stuff, which I'm assuming is not a thing anymore. No. I don't, I don't think it is anymore. You have heard of Thaco or you haven't? I haven't. It means to hit armor class zero. Yeah, that's 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 oh. your that's your that's your role that's your role for attack is your role Thaco. Yeah, I remember Thaco is not there. I was looking at the rules when we bought him, and I was like, I specifically was looking for Thaco, and it was not there. Okay. That's advanced um, Dungeons and Dragons still, edition two, by the way. It's still there. Edition. You just don't call it Thaco anymore. Well, go. because it's not D twenty, it's not D abstraction. Jessica right. was telling us stuff. Yes, yeah. right. This is my D twenty that lives in my pocket at the moment because I've I've enjoyed the ability to roll to make decisions sufficiently that I'm like, well, now when I don't know when to order at a restaurant, I can just get out my D twenty. Figured it was for saving for throws. That too. <laughs> that too. So D&D has been, and been popular at home. Uh, Maddie, you made an interesting point about how when you really understand the rules, then you can transcend them and you can get at their spirit without stepping through the letter. That's a lot of what we do. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea where my dice are now. Or We have a large collection of World of Darkness and, and second edition D&D. We still work here about Jessica's point. Yeah, we keep has in her uh, thoughts. Right, right. So 2019 was fun. Uh, since Maddie spoke at at least 24 conferences, I went and counted, and I spoke at at least 16. Um, most of those were keynotes, which was exciting. Um, so a lot of people got to hear about collective problem solving in music, art, science, and software, um, which is fabulous. I'm really excited how that one resonates with people, um, and people want to be part of a learning team. In other news, uh, as of yesterday, I don't have a full-time job anymore. I'm moving into an advisory role at Atomist again. And so I'm available for consulting and stuff, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, so I get to end the year in a place of possibility. All right. So that brings us, I guess, to Joe. Oh, geez. What did I do this year? I followed you around the world on a on a, a a few trips. We went to you know a few really long airplane rides. Um, watched a lot of movies on planes, which is 
apparently where I catch up on on movies these days is on planes. Um, tried to do my actual real job from time to time when I'm not flitting around the globe. And I know she mentioned it on a previous a previous episode, but a big shout out to to uh, Van Moof uh, uh, e bikes as we got a couple of those and got to enjoy those a bunch right before right before the snow hit. So so those are super cool. I was I was super super skeptical about e assist bikes being you know being the 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 bike snob that I am, but they are super fun. Hey uh, Joe, could you use words? What I am using an e-bike and an oh, ESS bike. The e-assist bike. It's electronic basically assist. it's a it's electric an, assist? an electric assist oh, okay. bike. It's a okay, it's a one. regular it's a regular plain old pedal bike with an electric motor on it to help you go faster, or not necessarily go faster, but be able to maintain a decent speed without working so hard. So you can like. Um, well, okay. I want I want one because I want to be able to keep up with the person I'm riding with, who is in way better shape than me. That would work. That would that would work. Um, these are the the ones the the ones that we got um, made by a Dutch cycling company called Van Moof, um, which you plugged on a on a recent episode. I think so. Yes, you. You did. shouldn't thump the table that the mic Sorry. is on. I'm I'm thumping tables. <laughs> um, That's the eggnog thump. It is it is the eggnog it is the eggnog thumping. Um, yeah, the Van Moof, the Moof bikes are, are pedal assist. You have to pedal for the electric motor to engage and have to keep pedaling in order to have the electric motor run. And they're capped in the U.S. at 20 miles an hour. So you can maintain a pretty decent clip, like 16, 17 miles an hour, without really working all that hard. You can pedal, pedal at an easy pace and maintain that, maintain that nice high speed. So you can get where you're going and, you know, you can bike to work and not end up a giant sweaty mess when you get there, which is, which is a, which is a benefit to the, to the whole e-bike thing. They also have a little turbo boost button. So if you need to pass somebody or need to make a, or need to get up a hill or make a light, you can, you can hit the turbo boost and that will boost you up to the, the max speed, Nice, which is a lot of fun. Okay, so I, I think we can segue from things Joe enjoyed about 2019 pretty easily to he's going to wait for the snow to be gone so that he can ride his e-bike in 2020. I don't have to. Well, I don't have know, to. Well, wait, there's an important detail in Minnesota between then and then. How is the ice doing? Um, there's uh, some pretty nice snow. Well, So he has a snow. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't need to. I don't need to wait for the snow to melt to ride a bike. I mean, I have. You just aren't going to ride your e-bike. Yeah, I just won't. I won't get the e-bike out because, as hard as road salt and ice and water are on normal bike components, they would be really bad on e-bike components. So, I will just be on the fat bike for the next six months. <laughs> okay, and is that the main thing you're looking forward to in 2020? Is the bike race that you're going to do in March with well, the fat bikes? Well, that's like the first thing. <laughs> well, that and the preparation for that. Um, the rest of the things I'm looking forward to in 2020. Traveling less. I think I'm stealing your. I think I'm stealing your thunder by. But traveling less would be a thing. If I'm sitting here, you know, in December of 2020, and I have no status on Delta, that would be a very, a very nice thing. Yep, that's my plan. My plan is no airline status and spending more time with the cats. Because, like, I can talk to him on FaceTime when I go for a trip without him, but the cats are not interested at all in talking with me on FaceTime. It's really upsetting. So that's my plan. How about you, Maddie? So, uh, yeah, just being more settled back here in Chicago um, is something I'm definitely looking forward to. I'm also looking forward to kind of trying some different kinds of events. I went to a lot of DevOps days this year. I love DevOps days. Uh, I would like to do something different. So if you have events you think that I would be a good fit for, please let me know. You're pretty easy to find on the internets. Um, and um, yeah, uh, Trevor, what's, what's, what's your highlights of 2020? I feel like there's, um, there's a bunch of Marvel stuff happening this year too that I'm excited about. There's all the new shows. But I don't think any of the new Disney Plus shows are in 2020 though. Hmm. No, I mean, I aside know. from, I guess the Van, the Mandalorian is going to wrap up before. Right, but none of the new Marvel shows, I think, are yeah. like, I think they're all in 21. Oh, that Black, that Black Widow trailer just, just dropped. Well, that's, that, looks, that looks pretty decent. I'm looking forward to that movie, yeah, for sure. Because that's, that's, like, that's like 
real movie, not Disney Plus movie. I yeah. think. Anyway, Trevor, you were saying. Um, well, along the lines of TV series, uh, Captain Picard makes his glorious return at the end of January, um, which, you know, I'm a little skeptical because, you know. What's that, seem- that going to be on? Uh, CBS. Oh, like real TV? <clears throat> no, no, CBS All Access. Oh, so if you don't have like cable, you can't watch it. No, you can pay for their methods. streaming service. You could subscribe to that thing that CBS is trying to have. Or, oh. hey, are you traveling to Europe at any time? Because <laughs> it's those, on Netflix. All those shows are on Netflix. Oh. In that's how I watched. That's how I watched both seasons of Star Trek Discovery. Got it. Also, Got it. you. It's possible that you can set your VPN uh, to have opinions about where you are. That yes, you know. Anyway, Sounds well, we don't know anything about that. No, no, no. Nope. I got a nice, lovely uh, 2386 bottle of Chateau Picard oh, nice. waiting, uh, waiting to be opened for the, uh, the premiere. I, I, I really love how every year when we do the year-end wrap-up, we take the self-indulgence to a new level. So now we've got thousands of people listening to a podcast where Trevor is talking about his Star Trek wine. Aren't you all glad you subscribed? <laughs> hey, they are I not mean, required to listen to any. Is is this going to be the thing that will finally get people to subscribe to CBS All Access? Because because <laughs> no. two seasons of Star Trek Discovery could not do it. The question well, is, yeah, you're not going to subscribe recipes. to one show. They have cookie <laughs> recipes. I subscribed yeah. to Disney Plus just for the Mandalorian, but I did. You know, but that's me, and I'm nuts. Jessica brings up a good point. Um, before we finish up with what Jessica's looking forward to in 2020, because I think she's looking forward to right now, to Trevor telling us about these frickin' cookies finally. We've been waiting <laughs> Wait, for like 40 like, minutes. Let, can we let Jessica say her bit first? Because I know she has like an airplane or okay. something. Well, we have to finish before she gets on the airplane because she has I to know, say that. But I want to make sure she gets a chance to talk. Okay. I have absolutely no idea what I'm looking forward to in 2020. I'm looking forward to finding out what I learned in 2020 because it would be boring to already know what it is. So I was right. Cookie recipes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Tell us yes, about these Apparently cookies. I'm going to learn about cookie recipes. Um, well, so for context, we were talking about different things that we've made uh, before the show started. And Joe was, Joe was showcasing his lovely homemade eggnog, uh, which none of you can see, but I can. Um, <laughs> and so I mentioned last week I made some cookies. Uh, so I made, uh, they were my, uh, they're my grandmother's recipe. Uh, when we were, when I was growing up, my grandmother used to make cookies for everybody. Your thing that you got for Christmas was a basket of cookies. She would make like 24 different cookies. Awesome. And then my mom started doing that when we moved to New Hampshire. Uh, and then we had a cookie exchange at the shuffleboard club last week. So I decided to make three of the cookies, not 24 different cookies. <laughs> so I made gingerbread cookies, Norwegian sugar cookies, and a cookie called an initial tart. To which Bridget asked, what's initial tart? Uh, and I started describing it, and it made Matt very upset because Matt really wanted you all to hear the podcast <laughs> and not the cookie recipes. No, I wanted this to be in the podcast, was my point. I was like, don't, don't, don't use it all up in the... <laughs> so as an experiment, because I'm really curious about how many people have gotten this far in the show, um, if you are listening and you've gotten to this part, tweet at us and just tweet at Arrested DevOps and just say, Trevor's Cookies. And hashtag Trevor's cookies. Hashtag Trevor's cookies. That's easier out. to spell than what did you call them, Trevor? Ishel yeah. tart. Ishel tarts. All right, so tell us what is in this cookie, Trevor. Okay, so an initial tart, it's it's a sandwich cookie. Mm-hmm. Uh and the dough has almond in it. Uh it's got a little bit of uh um vanilla. Um but what makes them special is in the sandwich it's a raspberry preserve. Ooh. And then you dust them with powdered sugar. Yeah, I was going to say, we need this recipe. <laughs> um, or you could they, just they ship they us some really cookies. Well. <laughs> I have to make a new batch. Do you have the, is the recipe online? Can you put a link to it in the show notes? Or are you going to write it? it in the show notes? <laughs> I have to decide if I want to give out my grandma's cookie recipe. Oh, snap. 
Is your grandmother Nestle Toulouse? (laughs) You do not have to give us the recipe, but I love the inspiration, which is this is the season for making those delicious family recipes. Make the recipes show up wrong unless your location shows you're in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, the cookies came out really well and they were a hit and it was a lot of fun to make them. And it, it was special because of the family connection. Yay. So that's our look back and our look forward. Um, you all do a, a fair amount of speaking at events. What are events that people who are listening to this should consider coming to? Not necessarily to see your smiling faces, but what would be interesting events for people to consider going to if they have the money and the free time to go to in 2020? Ooh, ooh, ooh I'll answer that. So you're thinking I'm going to say DevOps days, and I will, but... Uh, the CNCF is going to put on some events that are sort of DevOps days sized and locally scoped called Kubernetes Community Days. And Jennifer Davis, one of my colleagues at Microsoft, is helping consult with them to make those really, truly community-driven events that are going to be significantly smaller than a KubeCon, more locally focused, and draw some inspiration from DevOps days in terms of the kind of event they're going to be. Um, so that's, that's one. And then, um, I have another one that I will say if no one else says it, but I bet someone else will. So it might be a little late because it's coming up very soon, but there's a very, very cool conference happening in Seattle in January called delivery conf. That's what and I was going to say. And then I'm I like, I bet Maddie's going to say that. <laughs> so, uh, it and does I'm feature, I was going to say it features one of our speaking or one of our speaking faces, one of our smiling faces, which is <laughs> Jessica. Um, I am really bummed that I am not going to be able to go to it because I am going to speak at cast two in London that week. Um, and, but this is, so for as the way that I put it, and I don't put it the way that I would paraphrase what I've been told is for all of y'all who've been complaining that there's not enough technical content about continuous delivery and it's all this stuff. This is like the hardcore. This is the conference you want to go to. This is the how you do the stuff. So y'all should go to it um, for sure. There's they've been announcing all the speakers. It looks super exciting, and it's fairly affordable and you know i mean i don't know how much it costs you to get to seattle that's on you but you know (laughs) and Um, they sounded like they had a very interesting format i remember listening to that episode the episode that you recorded with with uh with the delivery comp folks and thinking that's a really unusual format they i hope i wish them good luck because that could either succeed great or it could be a horrible tire fire depending Oh, this is the Q and A thing. Yes, this is the Q and A. Well, it's, it's not so much it's not so much Q and A. I think as it's like an immediate um, kind of it's almost like a fishbowl. I think right away, like after. So it's a it's a moderated open space right after. It would need to be heavily moderated, considering what I've seen of of Q and A sessions. For this is more of a comment than a question. Yes, exactly. Um, this is a question in five parts. Um, <laughs> I have it would six have to questions. Be, My first question. It had to well, be and I think that's why moderate. it's going to kind of work too, because it's not Q and a. So actually that is the place for sharing stories. And that's been my understanding from talking to them and also knowing the folks who are organizing it. They've had a lot of experience with open spaces and things. And if anybody can pull it off, I think they can, but I think that's the thing. If it was just Q and a, that's, that's rough, but all the things that we hate in Q and a, could actually be okay in that format, which is because normally during Q and A, nobody cares what you have to say, random person in the audience. But if it's a, <laughs> if it's sharing your experience, that's actually the right time for it in that particular thing. We'll see what happens. You know, Jessica, you'll have to let us know how it goes. Um, what are some some other conferences maybe that people might want to check out, or I might want to check out selfishly? Um, well, I don't. I, I haven't really made a ton of tech conferences this year. Um, so I'm going to suggest a non-tech conference for folks to check out to unwind. Uh, I went to Gen Con for the first time this year. Uh, Gen Con is a board game convention in Indianapolis. I've heard, I've heard good things. Uh, and it basically takes over all of Indianapolis. And I got to see all kinds of new games and like models and figures and all kinds of things. 
And on top of that, I met a bunch of people who are also in tech and kind of also got to have a little bit of hallway track at Gen Con while playing board games. So it was kind of a win-win and it was a lot of fun. And I would, I would recommend it to anybody who finds games amusing. We have a friend of ours that, that went yearly when it was in Milwaukee and has gone, has also gone when it was in, uh, when it was in Indianapolis. Uh, Fun fact, I was reading uh, an io9 article about Gary Gygax uh, earlier this year, and the gen in Gen Con was originally Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. What? Yeah. Oh. That makes sense, because isn't that where was on the coast? Was from? Yep, that's, well, where, that's, like where, that's where he was living. That's where yeah. he was living when he, when he pseudo-created Dungeons & Dragons. Nice. That's a, that's a, a perfect example of... of parallel developments it was being that sort of thing was being worked on from multiple angles and in by multiple people yeah and that was the whole thrust of the of the io9 article i was reading was the was the the very convoluted uh development of dungeons and dragons parallel evolution kind of thing the one the one thing i'm surprised no one has brought up is the is the the new not velocity is oh, uh yeah. is uh the whatchamacallit infrastructure and operations <laughs> there you go okay. that's it i am excited for sam newman and crew and i think they have already got some uh good people on the program committee and i think that they're going to put together a good event like i feel like i'm in the my watch has ended category <laughs> yeah. like oh, my watch has ended i don't have more energy to put into third-party events right now especially because i'm not in devrel anymore but i am very happy that they are doing a more focused event that is going to hopefully serve people pretty well. No, I think it's, I think it's exciting to make the pivot and kind of adapt and evolve and try something a little different and a little more focused in that, in that particular way. So it's, it was, we'll see what happens. It was fun to be in Berlin for the, for the last one uh, moving along. So we're a DevOps, we're a DevOps podcast. We cannot let the year end wrap up go by without mentioning that the 10th anniversary of DevOps days happened this year in Ghent. Uh, uh, Stratton, Bridget, and myself were were in attendance. Thoughts about about the event and ten years of DevOps days. Well, in the document, you have ten years of DevOps, and I feel like those are two very different questions. I didn't write the doc. Don't try to throw that <laughs> at my feet. I know, but I'm like well, ten years of DevOps days. I wasn't at all of them, but I wasn't at the, all of ten years of DevOps either. But I will say that I think it's really, really nice that. Throughout the world, people are putting together events that work for them locally. I think one thing that really resonated to me, so for folks who didn't know, um, there was one of the things that we did, um, and I say we like I'd been to any other DevOps days, Ghent, I had not, uh, although Patrick did try to, we, we almost almost had an Arrested DevOps recording at the five-year anniversary. Patrick was really excited. In fact, no, we did. It was Ducey. But I don't think Ducey represented the show somehow in some kind of thing that happened there. It was very strange. I don't know. I don't know. It, it was not official. But anyway, um, there was a organizer summit that took place the day before the actual event. So people who organized DevOps days all over the world came in a day early to kind of learn from each other. And one of the things I thought was really remarkable is there were more people at that organizer summit. And that doesn't represent all the organizers. That's just the ones who were able to come to Ghent. There were more people that organized summit that were at the very first DevOps days 10 years ago. So, which is not a reflection on how few people were at the first DevOps days, but how many people all around the world are really bringing this, this event into, like Bridget said, into their own country, into their own community, into their own way of getting. And we, we learned so much interesting things about all these folks from all over the world about how they're doing the events differently, but there's still the same spirit and community is really, really powerful. Um, and I'm really glad to have been able to be part of it, of, of that particular thing. I was a part of, glad to be part of the whole thing, but specifically that organizer summit was a really special day. I think there is not necessarily a right way to do your local community, but it's really nice to get a chance to bounce ideas off other people and figure out what stuff has been working for them so that you can try it. And that, that's one of the the sharing across different um, geos and over time is really powerful there. I think the other thing, just by being part of that 
celebration because that's really what it felt like. It was it was an interesting DevOps days. There were some really great talks, but really what it felt like was a celebration of how the community has come together over those over that decade, really, right? Over the 10 years, how the industry has come together, how the things that have happened, you know, because of of this movement and and just seeing the f- folks who were who were impacted and thinking about how things have changed and and mostly for the better. I think, you know, DevOps has definitely done more more good than harm. <laughs> That's as Schaefer would say, you know, solving more problems than it causes, right? You know, so <laughs> That's the 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 the, the idea there. Um, Wait, so yeah, what do so, you what do you think, uh, Trevor? DevOps Jesus, are you uh, these days <laughs> solving more problems than you cause? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I try to be. Uh, I definitely I definitely solve problems. I don't know that there's not more problems that come out of it when you're when you when you you expose the first problem and fix it, and then suddenly there's the forty other spider problems that pop out from the, the one that you fixed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't cause them. You That's just true. Made I it just possible to them. see them. <laughs> Moving on, anything else that we want to we want to talk about before we wrap this wrap this thing up? Uh, watch this space. We may be making there may be some news coming to this this show that you're listening to. Arrest of DevOps in 2020. We're not telling, but you know we continue to evolve. Mostly, what I'm trying to get at is we are probably going to switch to a hologram format. Oh, okay, hologram. <laughs> Yeah, as long as and you're going to get your podcast on the blockchain, (laughs) blockchain podcast at long last VC funding, please. (laughs) Okay, cool. As long as, as long as we have, as long as Adobe has some sort of application that allows me to edit hologram podcasts, I'm perfectly cool. It just doesn't work on whatever um, happens. It just doesn't work on a Capistrano or whatever the new one is called. Cupertino. No, what what the hell is the new Catalina? Uh, Catalina, yeah. I, I love that it's now gotten to the fact that now it's nagging, right? Now it's like now yeah, I have to I'm, put the little badge. Yeah, I'm I'm really annoyed that they have to put a badge on the on the, the, the system profile system settings. Yeah. yeah. No, Wait, what are we talking about? The new Can, you're you you're like three versions Mac of o, Mac OS now. I just so what I do with Mac OS, which is a completely reasonable approach, is I wait until the week before WWDC when they're going to announce all the new brokenness, and I upgrade to the old brokenness right. that they have fixed all the brokenness in. But but the problem this is that we're getting to the we're getting to the point of I'm still on the old brokenness, but now the new brokenness has been out long enough that they have to put a notification on the system preferences icon. And it's a badge, and I am really, 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 oh, really irritated. Oh, so that, yeah. Yes, it drives I, me I'm, crazy because I I'm want badges those, to go away. Yeah, I'm one oh, of those people I that has care. to, whatever badge, I got to get rid yes. of it. I got to get rid I, of it. I will break my computer to make that badge go away is basically I, what this is going to happen. I do not want to upgrade just yet. No, no, I can't. Apparently, some software we use at work is like. See, it's right there. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, we're talking about that. Okay. Yeah. I just ignore that. I think no, the, I cannot I do that. The little wheel as always having a red one. <laughs> well, I guess for for you, Bridget, it always does. So yeah, it doesn't I, even look like a badge to you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can count icon. on that. We can count on Apple sponsorship to come through any day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just All hoping right. we stay in the uh, in the iTunes store, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the iTunes directory. After that, community and event stuff. There are lots of DevOps days that have open CFPs. Including is Minneapolis is our is our oh, yes. CFP open? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, CFP is- and sponsorships and registration open for for DevOps Days Minneapolis twenty twenty mm-hmm. August fourth. Oh, and and uh, by the time you are listening to this, we will have posted the dates for DevOps Days Chicago, which are September first and second, and sponsorship will be available. So check that out too. Our CFP is not open. And by the way, Joe, I'd like to point out for your little, I'm going to read your notes word for word. You're the one that's like, speaker notes are not a script. It's not a teleprompter. That's right. That's right. That's my, that's my thing for, for 29, my, my work. Okay. I'm going to rant a little bit here. So, so so you got to say it like Dennis Miller. You got to be like, I don't want to go off on a rant here. He He does. He wants to go off on a rant. And I don't want to go out or get off on a rant on Dennis Miller, but, that dude used to be funny and then he got, and then he got all conservative and right wingy and he's not funny anymore. That's right. I said it, Dennis, you're not funny anymore. So 
Where was I? Oh yeah, I was ranting about speaker notes. So here's the thing. Here's my here's my my work pet peeve of the year. Nobody's people listening that, to the show anymore. People <laughs> that treat speaker notes as a teleprompter. It's not a teleprompter. Learn your talk. There. <laughs> End of rant. All right. So community and event stuff. Lots of DevOps days. Lots of open CFPs. DevOpsDays.org/speaking. You can find out. You can find out where a DevOps stays near you or far away from you if you want to travel. Uh, it has an open CFP. So go submit something because you definitely have a story to tell and, uh, and they're, they're anxious to have you come tell it at their faces. So Matt, wrap this up. All right. Head on over to arrestedevops.com slash 2019 in review for this episode's show notes, which may or may not include a recipe for tarts or whatever the hell <laughs> cookies Trevor was talking about. What it's called? Ischel tarts. Ischel tarts. That sounds amazing, Trevor. Insta tarts. They're like, you know, they're social media cookies. Tarts, but you only get pictures of them. (laughs) You only get pictures of tarts. Uh, If you go to arrestdevops.com slash iTunes, you can leave us a review in the iTunes store. We might read it on the the air. We might not, especially because this isn't radio. Um, Have we ever actually read a review on the air? We did. How to look up the review. I've been editing this show for like three years now, and I don't think I've ever edited. I've ever listened to a... It it uh, predated... It's called... The the, the episode is called Two Chimps and a Mic. (laughs) Or not, sorry, the review was titled Two Two Chimps and a Mic, and it actually was left by Michael Ducey. We did under an anonymous pseudonym. Um, we found out about it later. Um, but also, speaking of radio, if you use iHeartRadio, our podcast is on it. We're also on Spotify and all those places. So check us out over there and heart us or thumb us or whatever things you do. Thank you for bearing with us this year in this episode in specific. We will see you all in 2020. So signing off, I'm Joe at Joe Lehe. I'm Bridget at Bridget Cromhout. I'm Trevor at Trevor G. Hess. I'm Jessica Kerr at Jessitron on Twitter. And I'm Matt at Matt Stratton. We're Arrested DevOps. And remember, there's always DevOps. And banana pants. In the banana stand. <laughs>